Podcasting from Phoenix, Arizona, the home of year-round flip-flops, the nation's largest city park, and Cactus League spring training. This is The Saver and the Spender, a weekly podcast about budgeting and money habits from both perspectives. And now, here are your hosts, The Saver and financial coach, Kelsa Dickey, and her husband, The Spender, Michael Dickey. And welcome, everybody, to episode 13 of The Saver and the Spender. Uh, I'm Michael Dickey, the spender. My wife, the saver, Kelsey Dickey, is actually out of the office today. So I'm here with Demir from Lifehack Bootcamp. We have a very special episode. We're going to be talking about productivity and basically uh, getting shit done, right? (laughs) More or less. More or less, right? So um, Demir, like I said, is from lifehackbootcamp.com, which if, if you guys have not heard about it, it's probably the best way to um, basically have somebody hold you accountable to learn how to be productive, um, fix mistakes that you've been doing for a long time. Um, and just basically as not so much as a, as a coach, but more like a boot camp. Is that right? Tell me, tell me more about <laughs> that. Well, well, let me tell you about just who, who we are and what we yeah, do. Please. Right? So we just help people. Our mission is to, and everything we do, not just the boot camp, but everything we do with our free classes online and in person, when we work with teams and when we work in the boot camp, it's all around one simple thing. We show people how to step up to a hundred percent of what they can deliver every day and use all of their God given talents so that they can create a life really worth living. And the reason we do this is not because we want people to save 20 hours a week so they can work 20 more hours. Our mission is that we want to show people how to get systems in place and get more productive so they can start creating a life that they really want to be living. Because we see this epidemic level, not just qualitatively, you and I both know people who are miserable in their life, even if they're really successful, but also quantitatively data is showing us that people are more stressed, overworked, burned out than ever. Um, And I was, I'll tell you a story in a second about how me and my wife were like the epitome of that. And so, you know, our mission after we sort of got out from under that rock, we made it our mission to show other people how to get out from under the rock and realize that you can be really successful and can create financial prosperity and live every day in a life that you really want to live. And that's all we're in the game for. We're not trying to uh, you know, make people more productive so they can work more hours for their boss. We really want people to make a life for themselves that they just really are stoked about. That's awesome. So t- tell me your journey and how you got to where you are right now, because that's, there's not many people that are productivity experts like that, right? Tell me, tell yeah, me how you right. got here. I, I like to joke and say, I'm from a long line of productivity experts. No, they're, they're, <laughs> right. you're an so apprentice obvious. program. Yeah. I went through the apprentice program and it's been around for centuries. Uh, no, the truth is, is that, um, if somebody was a productivity expert 20 years ago, everything they taught you would be useless today. There's no lineage. There's no program. And in fact, you and I were talking before we went live about how there's really no curriculum for living. You know, we you, almost like home Ec. You remember home Ec? Oh yeah. Right. How to yep. balance your checkbook and, and, and save and, and how you're supposed to spend. And we don't have that anymore. It hasn't been replaced with like modern home Ec or a curriculum for living. And so the things that we need to do, and that every adult needs to do, like saving, balancing your checkbook, uh, being productive, managing multiple priorities at the same time, being healthy, taking care of your body and your mind. There's no curriculum for this. And, and in fact, that's almost the most important dimension of being an adult. And we're all sort of just winging it. 
you know, we're also just out there just improvising. And there's this new movement that we're a small part of. Um, we certainly aren't all of it. We're a very small part of this new movement of a lot of experts like yourself that are getting out there and showing people how to do certain wedges of their life and saying, hey, this is how to get your finances in order. The only difference with us, I'd say, is we're focused on creating something that's fully integrated. Because I think that anybody, if they spent 100% of their time focusing on becoming like Arnold Schwarzenegger, could do it. The problem is it takes 100% of your time, right? And so nobody wants to be 100% amazing in one aspect of their life. They want to be good. In, they want to have a good body and a good mind and a good family and a good work life. And so in order to do that, you can't just solve one slice of the pie and ignore the rest. You really need to look at a fully integrated solution that says, great, I want to be more productive, but not if it means I can't be a good dad. I want to be more productive, but not if it means I can't focus on my body or my diet or my, you know, or other dimensions of my life. And so with Lifehack Bootcamp, we sort of think about life hacking as solving the Rubik's Cube of your life. Like, how do you get not just one side to be the right color, but how do you get all four sides or six sides? But <laughs> geometry, ignorance, how do you get all six sides to come up the right color? Right? Right. That makes total sense. Uh, you know, we see with, like you said, it's this is just stuff that you don't learn anymore. Uh, and probably back two or three generations, they stopped teaching all this stuff. And so and our, even if they did, we, it wouldn't be any good anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so all the technology that you could use or the old the way they used to do it just as, isn't applicable anymore. Um, and so we get a lot of people that come to us and say, you know, my parents never taught me how to uh, pay off debt or work with credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. Uh, my wife and I were just talking about Generation Z today, who are the teenagers now. They're not the millennials. They're after the millennials. Yeah. And they're actually the most risk-averse uh, generation in a long, long time because they saw their parents go through the Great Recession in yep. 2007. So mm-hmm. they're the most afraid of debt. They're like, I, they're not that they want to, like, they don't say, I don't want to, or I want to get out of debt as quickly as possible. They say, I never want to get into debt. Yeah. Um, so what, which is bad too, because debt can really accelerate your, you know, if used properly, debt can really accelerate your net wealth, right? Taking on debt in a home, taking on debt in, in smart, intelligent ways, uh, where you're, you're balancing risk. And so I'm afraid in some ways that the pendulum can swing too much, right? Exactly. And so go from being way too much debt to, to, oh, debt is a universally bad thing. Um, so yeah, you, you had asked me this question, which I think it has, has the right answer, which is, you know, how did we get into this work of productivity, right? Um, and it's an interesting story, and I'll give you the abbreviated version, but my wife and I, um, imagine me, you know, we're doing this as a podcast, but we're also recording on video. Um, I used to be 80 pounds heavier than I am now, you know, not just overweight, but into obese. Uh, I had a work-related illness. Uh, my wife had a work-related illness. We were just those people who worked so much. We were living in New York City, the typical New York couple, killing ourselves. Um, and in spite of killing ourselves, you know, weren't really saving much, right? So, you know, working that 80-hour work week, not saving much. Um, and we, we even had conversations about how we knew how this was taking years off of our life. It was sort of this morbid sort of gallows humor of like, ha, 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 ha. We're, that took a year off our life, but we sort of knew that it actually was that if we kept living that life, we were taking years off of our life and we saw that we were developing work-related illnesses and we still kept going through. And I think we were doing it because of what most people say to themselves, which is, oh, it's just, it's just a bad month. 
next month it'll be better. Or you put something out there. And for me, I had this big promotion that I was just virtually, um, it was a lock. I was going to get this big promotion. I just had to work really hard for a year or two to get that. And then, man, I was just going to be gravy. And I remember when, uh, when the other shoe dropped, and we tell this story in, in our masterclass uh, that I'll tell people to go to if they want a free lesson from us. But you know, the other shoe dropped on February 10th. I'll never forget. It was two days before my birthday. We rented a house because we finally, after years, had decided to go on vacation. Just burnout was just right there. And we rented this house with our friends. And we were going to do a ski trip, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And sure enough, you know almost exactly what's going to happen. Right the first day when I was about to go out on the slopes, I got this email from my boss. It's like, big project blew up you're going to have to cover it from vacation. And it's just that moment of just, we've all experienced it. But for me, after being sick, after the, after the stress, after, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I just had like, sort of like, I wouldn't call it like a catatonic breakdown, but certainly like, I, if you saw me in that moment, you'd be like, this guy needs, this guy's got, this guy needs help. Right. I mean, cried, you know, yelled, got angry, went catatonic, locked myself in a room, like came out, told my wife, I'm quitting my, I'm emailing my boss right now. I'm going to quit, which stressed her out. We have this big fight in front of all eight of our friends. So embarrassing. I mean, just like, like a low point in our marriage and our life. Right. And after, and I wish I could say that that was, that we, that we patched it up and everything, but it really didn't get any better. And for the whole week, I was working. And when we weren't, when I wasn't working, we were fighting like worst week of my life. Right. So embarrassing. Still our friends to this day are like, remember that week? That sure was messy. Right. <laughs> and, uh, right in front of our best friends. I mean, so it just, it just such, we hit such a bottom and I came back if that wasn't bad enough, I came back and I got informed that I lost that promotion because I wasn't performing at the level of upper management. Right. So I'm killing myself and still it's not enough. Right. And, and, and it just, you, I think most people out there, even if they didn't hit the full bottom that I've hit, have had some kind of level where they just say, where life smacks them and says, no matter how hard you're working, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're, not get, you're not making enough money. You're not a good enough father. You're not a good enough friend. You're not doing what you should Like your business isn't moving forward fast enough. Like you're killing yourself, literally taking life, yourself, your life, but it's not enough. And I, you know, I'm, I, I say this all the time because I've said this story before, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I went home with my wife and we just cried because we felt like total failures. And we, but we did have what we call like an office space moment. And for anybody who's watched that classic movie, Office Space, he almost like something breaks in his head and he says, you know what? No, I'm sorry. Like it almost like everything switches and he says, I'm not going to quit work, but I'm just going to go in and I'm going to put my life first. And if they want to fire me, then fantastic. And we both sort of flipped it. We made this vow that we were going to crack this code of working smarter and finding a way where we not were, we didn't say, okay, well, we're going to give up being successful and just go live in the woods. We said, no, we're going to find a way to be really successful, but also have a really incredible life that we want to live. And the best way to do it is to start right now saying life comes first mm-hmm. and we'll do anything that we have to, to figure out how we can work smarter and not harder. And so since then I'll sort of fast forward, you know, we worked on that and finally, not only did we break through on it, but we really annihilated it and found a blueprint that we turned and we started showing other couples that, and a lot of people started saying, Hey, Demir Carey, we saw how much you were suffering and now you're crushing it. We started our own business. We started traveling. We started 
doing dance and like all of these things that a lot of couples would like to do, even though we were making more and more money. And, and we, and so people started coming to us saying, Hey, how are you doing this? How do you crack the code? And, and from those humble beginnings, we started life hack bootcamp and we started teaching people how to get on top of their life and live a life really worth living. So that's our origin story of how we got into this stuff. That's great. And that is, that runs very parallel to what my wife and I have had over, um, you know, the past 10 years. Uh, and I, like you said, everybody has that kind of uh, moment in their life, whether it's a big job, life-changing, or even if it's just uh, a real minor one, but still there's something that switches you. Like I need something better for myself. Um, yeah. So work smarter, not harder. Um, definitely holds true for a lot of people. That's awesome. So yeah, um, I, I was thinking what with I, looking back at myself and my, my productivity or lack thereof, my low points, um, when I was little and, and I don't know if you had this when you were in like elementary school, but we had desk inspections. Oh yeah. All right. So they look how messy your desk is. And mine was always the messiest for some reason. Um, and for whatever reason, I could never like find out a system to make my desk, not the messiest kid. And also they gave us planners to use, like to, to plan out, here's where your homework is due, yeah, just a, yeah, a yeah. weekly planner. And I never was able to get that, to get the hang of that either for some reason. So what are your tips for, for parents, um, just parenting in general, but even how to get your kids kind of more productive on their day-to-day yeah. stuff or parenting in general? Well, you know, there's this, uh, what you're talking about is this thing that um, I'm going to think about the author in a second. Um, the Talent Code by Daniel Coyle is this incredible book. And he talks about this process of ignition. And ignition is when you have an aha moment where you realize that this thing that you've been fighting for years and years is actually something that would be good for you, right? And, and it can happen for, for people at different times and for totally different reasons. So what you're really saying in my language is, how do we get our case ignited about understanding that, that these things that seem like they're just rules that our adults are telling us to do, how can we get them to see that they're actually something that really benefits them? That's one issue. And then the other issue is on the other side as a parent, how do we just get our own stuff together, right? How do we just make this craziness less insane? Not even sane, but less insane. And so we can, you know, what's, what, I, we, what I want to do is I almost want to take the parent side, not the kid side, um, and say that ignition is just as important for us as it is for the kids, because a lot of us never got our ignition moment to realize that productivity can be a good thing. A lot of us put productivity into that category of eating your greens, right? Oh, I just got to eat my greens. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I got to have a morning routine, but next week I'll start my morning routine. Right. And, and I can't speak for people out there and ignition always comes differently. It comes when you see somebody else really crushing it and you say, Oh, that's amazing. Or it sees you read a book and finally the light bulb comes out. I don't know when your ignition moment's going to happen, but mine was when I thought about it differently. I flipped it in my head and I said, my brain is deficient. I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else and say I have ADD or whatever. I just, I'm a smart guy whose brain really, I feel like my intuition will always lead me the wrong way. People say, go with your gut. My gut says, eat a pint of ice cream, and watch Netflix, right? Like I, every time, like I've actually learned that it's, that when my brain tells me to do something to do the opposite, because that's probably what I should really be doing, right? Oh, sit down now, watch Netflix. I should go out and exercise, right? It's almost like the exact opposite. And my ignition moment was when I realized that I stopped thinking about productivity as something I should do. And I started thinking about it as 
wow, there are systems and tools that I can almost add onto my brain, like, a, like, like I'm plugging in a USB drive to augment my brain's screwed up functioning and help my brain work like a normal human or even at this point now working like a superhuman, right? And, and when I had that aha moment that I didn't, I knew my brain was broken. And a lot of people listening to this are going to say, yes, my brain is broken. But when I stopped seeing productivity as something I should be doing and stopped seeing and started seeing it as like an add-on tool that I could just plug into my brain and make my brain function better and get better results in life, that's when I was able to start leaning into it and having fun with it and getting really excited about it because otherwise it just seems like eating your greens. Right. It makes total sense. Um, yeah. So, so you, were, you were talking about parenting. Mm-hmm. And so I would say the first thing is, whatever it is, and this goes for so much more than your productivity as a parent, um, first start with a positive lean in attitude towards it. Because if you start anything, whether it's a diet or a financial program or productivity program or anything in life, if you start it with a, oh, if you put it in the category of, oh, this is so lame and I just have to do this, I promise you, you're going to get terrible results and you're going to be really disappointed. And I'm sure you can see that in your clients too, right? Absolutely. They come and they say, no, this isn't about us spending the next two years getting our finances together. This is about us getting financial freedom. This is about liberation. This is about next, our next and best life. And when they bring that positive lean in approach, they get incredible results. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you get people that come in, you know, I'm speaking for, for our business in in particular, but uh, you get people that come in and there's always, you know, especially if it's a couple, there's one person that's always has that, that attitude, whereas this is going to be the, the, what changes our life. I'm super excited because I see how bad it is. And there's always the other, the other spouse that sits there, arms folded, leaning back, you know, just standoffish attitude. Um, and they, because they're afraid that it's going to uh, be so hard or it's just yucky and I don't see the value in it. So they're being a child. Yeah. Now th- that sounds like an insult, like I'm lobbing an insult, but it's not actually, no, you're regressing to the point where you feel like somebody else is go is coming in from the outside and telling you, Hey, you can't do this anymore. You can't spend this or you need to do X, Y, or Z. That right. Makes sense? Yes, absolutely. So when people feel like they're having something taken away from them or their, their interaction with something regresses back to the level of an interaction where it's like outside force, like a parent down to me, um, we don't realize how disempowering we are to our kids right? In fact, the whole system that we built around our children is really disempowering, right? When you've got this big giant in your life that's basically saying, no, I don't care what you think, you're going to do it this way. And then when you go to class in the morning, they say, I don't care what you think, you're going to do it this way. And when, it's, and, and when all of the judgment and praise and love that you get is, based, is premised on you following those rules, you start to get in this, what I call childlike place, which we can still do as adults. When we feel like something is coming into our life and forcing us to do something we don't want to do. And I think the beginning of success in anything where you realize you're having that, that resistance, but you do have to break through on that thing. The first thing I do is stop. And I say, Hey, listen, I can't change the fact that I've got to get out of debt and recover financially. I can change the fact that I need to get my productivity fixed. What I can change is how I how, do, how I see my relationship to this. I can either be a victim of it or I can be in charge of it. And we know that when we step into ownership in anything in our life, when we lean into it, we're more successful. We do better at it. And we just have a whole hell of a lot more fun. And the truth is, is I've seen people lose 
hundreds of pounds. I've seen people get their finances in order in a record time. I've seen people get just have incredible transformations in their productivity to the point where they can't even recognize themselves and have a blast doing it. And so the first trick is to decide that you're going to have a blast doing something, not mm-hmm. just that it's going to be tolerable, not just that it's going to be okay or, or not suck, but really figure out how to screw your mind on in a different way and say, no, I'm actually going to have a blast doing this. I love that. That's great. And yeah, just have to take ownership on that kind of stuff because if not, um, you know, what's the, the admitting the problem that you have a problem is the first step of a 12 step program. Right. So it's, I mean, it it crosses so many uh, uh, levels and works for so many things that you just have to admit that you do have a problem. I love that. That's great. And readjusting in the way, you know, uh, if you think that we put people through productivity transformations and they don't, they get that initial excitement and they lose it and then getting it back and remodulating, frankly, that's the best muscle to exercise of all is maintaining your mental state and when you fall out of the right mental state, being able to get back into it and juice yourself back in, right? I mean, absolutely. But, you know, to, to the larger point that you brought, which is, you know, it, it, somebody out there might be listening saying, hey, this is all great and everything, but I'm a parent and I have three, four kids, whatever, and this is craziness. And how do I get more productive in the context of that craziness? And um, while I could never, ever, ever, just like you couldn't on a podcast diagnose somebody's finances and tell them, how they're going to fix their finances. And I don't want to be construed to be able to look into somebody's life when I'm really not even speaking to them and somehow tell them what their exact formula is going to be. I can tell you that I've seen it all the time, time and time again. I'll tell you a quick story. We had a woman named Sonia come into our boot camp and she was being hit from all sides. So she has, she had three kids. She was homeschooling all three of her boys. All three of her boys had a condition that uh, where she needs to make every single one of their meals every single meal that went into their mouth had to be made by her so education food laundry cleaning all done by her and she was experiencing pressure to start a business out of her home that could contribute financially so i frankly i'm going to be honest a lot of people come to me with tall orders and i say we can do that and when she came to me and said i want to cook all the meals. I want to do all the cleaning. I want to contribute financially. And I want to, you know, educate my boys from home. I literally was like, I don't know if we can do that. I mean, that might just be too tall of an order. You know, that takes a small army, but I said, we can, we can certainly try. And through the course of the eight weeks of our boot camp, and this, and this, you know, she did the work. The boot camp is just a container for the work that she did in her life. But through the course of it, she had this incredible transformation where not only did she spend her time better and she prioritized better, she turned those three boys into a little army of workers for her and, and, and really created a system and an incentive structure in her family where she had, uh, even the little one who was five years old, she gamified everything and created incentive structures where people were, were doing, th- instead of her having to follow behind every single person, and do something for that person, her husband, her boys. She was actually turning everything where people were, she was designing problems out of her life. She was designing situations and incentive structures where her husband and her boys could help her help them, right? And she was able to start that business. She started an incredible business and is contributing financially. And the whole situation is still the same way that it was. She's still homeschooling. She's still cooking the meals. But, you know, let's zoom in on one small part, which was cooking those meals, which people say, how could you just even cook those meals? 
because she did work across 360 degrees of her life. But if we just zoom into just the meals, she realized that, frankly, if you're making one salad and you're dirtying up the whole counter space, you might as well be making a week's worth of salads, right? I mean, frankly, that when you really take a stopwatch out and you measure yourself, making one salad takes about, for, for five people, takes about an hour. From the moment you get those veggies out and start watching them, cook, 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 chop, 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 all the way to the point where it takes about an hour. Making a week's worth of salads takes about three hours. And if you're making seven salads, I mean, you should do the math. Right. There's, in, in the industry, if you had a company, we call this time and labor, right? Mm-hmm. When, you're, when you're a farmer, you measure how uh, – you don't measure picking tomatoes. You measure start from the time you walk out of your house, to the time you get to the tomato patch, to the time that you do all the tomatoes, to the time that you come back to the house. That's all time and labor. And so when we really bring that mental space and the energy that we really say, no, I'm actually going to zoom in down to the finest grain details, she realized that she was spending seven hours on a task that if she did it once, she could have just spent three hours and do it for the whole week. And we have a lot of, in fact, if you go on Reddit, there's a whole obsessed Subthread on Reddit of meal preppers, people who pre- prep meals for the week or even for the month or sometimes even for three months ahead of time. And the consolidation amount of time that you get back is absolutely loony. And so this is just one slice of the pie that she was able to drill into. That's great. And you know, it's funny you bring that up because that's been the, the um, conversation we've been having in our group um, uh, session over the past couple of weeks is, is meal prep. Um, and not, not only does it save you time, like you said, like seven hours a week, literally seven hours a week cooking by individual meals down to two to three hours if you prep, but also the amount of money it's going to save you because each yeah. meal is planned, each snack is planned. Yeah. And if you put in three hours of that, rather than, uh, man, I don't have anything made, I'm going to go to Chipotle. Yeah. You do that three times a week, and that's 60 bucks for, for two people. So you're, whereas- you're, you're talking about what I call the border effects, or if you want a $5 SAT word, the penumbra, right? Nice. You know, it's, basically, it's basically when you took, take a look at the secondary tertiary you know, and, and the fall-on effects, right? So yes, you get that time back. But another thing that we teach in Life Hack Bootcamp is something we call cognitive load which is that you might look at eight hours and say, I've got eight hours. But if you spend one of those hours having an extremely stressful conversation, you might not be able to get work done for the rest of the six Mm -hmm. hours, right? You might just be drained and and we've all experienced this. And so once you stop seeing it as, oh, I've got eight hours and you start saying, where's my cognitive load going? The cognitive load around cooking is extremely stressful, right? And, and, and so that's, so not only are you getting the seven hours, it's not really seven, you're spending three hours, it would have taken seven, you're getting four hours back. The other thing is you have to think about the cognitive load and stress you're saving. Then there's also what we call task switching, which is when you switch between doing work and then you move into doing cooking and then you try to move back into doing work, you're losing time on both ends of the task switch. So when you're able to say, no, I can keep working for another hour because the meal is already prepped in the fridge, you, don't, you avoid that task switching cost and all of the stress and cognitive load. Then, of course, you get into this thing that you were saying of the calories. When we make a lot of decisions, we tend to make bad decisions. Let me give you an example. People who get their paycheck, like people in the military, they get their paycheck once a year. They tend to make great financial decisions because it comes to them all in one lump and they can take 
the retirement and all that, people who get their check coming to them every week tend to make extremely poor financial decisions. And it's, it's the same way with your other decisions in your life, like your food and your exercise and your diet. When you can make one decision, like prep your month's worth of meals, you tend to make healthy meals. And then when you open the fridge, guess what's in there? Healthy meals. And then you don't go out because you know there's, there's food going bad you know, you're, you're less likely to go out because you know there's good, healthy food that's going bad in the fridge, right? But it even gets more. When you actually, when you, when you keep going down to those knock-on effects, you start to realize not only you're healthier, you saved money. Because when you meal prep all at the same time, you can buy in bulk. And when you buy in bulk, guess what? You get more money back. And so when people say, Demir, how can I trans my, transform my life through life hacking and productivity? I say, what you're not, you're only seeing the primary fact. You're only seeing me saying, oh, you should prep your meals. What you're not seeing is the time you get back with your family. You're not seeing losing weight, maybe not massive weight, but all of a sudden you're doing, it seems like you're doing nothing, but you're losing weight because you're, you're, you made one choice that's making you healthier throughout the month. And so that second, third, fourth, fifth knock-on effect is, and, and then that's only food. Imagine what would happen if we went to finances. Imagine what would happen if we took that into your work. You start to multiply those things and the, the curve isn't linear, it's geometric. That makes total sense. Yep, absolutely. So let's let you just kind of talk about finances, but let's let's go into that because that's why we're really here is is not only productivity, but how to be more productive with your finances. And what are mm-hmm. some of the 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 biggest mistakes that you see people make with being productive about their just day to day finances? Yeah. So we collapse finances into something that we call pre planning. Right now, let me just give you an example of what pre planning is that everybody can understand. Um, have you ever uh, come into a Thursday and you're driving home feeling fine. Everything's great. And then you get a panic call from your wife from home. And she's like, um, did you pick up the kids? You're like, no, did you pick up the kids? And you realize in that moment that, that nobody's fault. You just hadn't synced up and the kids are somewhere like an hour away. You slam on the brakes, you turn around. Now, it would be great to say that you just turn around, you pick up the kids and everything's fine. But usually what happened is you experience tremendous stress. And when you experience tremendous stress, there's finger pointing that has a knock on effect into your marriage. You get upset, stressed. Now, you know, my, my wife and I, we teach a, we teach a power couples workshop a lot. And one of the things that we talk about is you can't, you know, marriage is primarily a logistics operation. You can't get to the good stuff in your marriage until you've dealt with the logistics. And if you never truly deal with the logistics, you never truly get to the good stuff. The romance, the relaxation, the laughs, the idle conversations. If you ignore the logistics, then you're stuck in this ugly middle ground where all you're doing is living as a roommate with this other person trying to take care of three other little people in a, in a nightmarish logistics situation. So I always tell people, dive into the logistics. Now, the number one thing that people would do from a logistics perspective is sit down on Sunday, pencil and paper or computers open and say, what is coming at us this week? Because if we did, let's say I'm your wife, you know, I'll play the part of your wife, Mike. If we just sat down even for half an hour, not even an hour, and we said, okay, if we ask one funny question, which is what is going to blow us up this week? Not what's coming this week, but ask yourself a question. What is going to blow us up this week? What is going to make us stressed and slap us in the face this week? And that's when you catch things like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to be able to pick up the kids this Thursday. Can you back me up? Oh, gotcha. Let me put that in my calendar right now and set myself a reminder, right? 
those small things save you three hours of driving. You know, you were already on the wrong side of time. Now you're driving across traffic. You're stressed. You're yelling on the phone with your wife. Then you get home and that whole evening's a waste because now you guys fought. And so you're just out in your corners licking your wounds, right? You could have avoided that whole thing with one minute of your 30-minute pre-planning session. And so when we look at finances, we nest it into this broader issue of are we taking time every week to, you know, basically look at our finances, calendar, responsibilities, and priorities from the week and deal with the logistics of our week because we are in a logistics relationship. Now, I, I would say to the people out there listening, just one sort of maybe a slap in the face, maybe an inspiration, right? Is that you need to get real, have a coming to Jesus moment and just understand that you are not in a relationship. You are in a logistics scenario, right? Where that relationship doesn't really happen until the logistics have happened with excellence. And if you haven't committed to pulling off those logistics with excellence, well, then guess what? You are never truly going to step into enjoying being a parent or being married. And guess what? Here's the good news. If you want good news, the good news is it doesn't take more than an hour a week to cover off on these logistics efficiently. Absolutely. And one, one thing that we see, and that's exactly what we say, is just spend an hour a week um, and just talk about what's coming up. Uh, and then, then with, within your spreadsheet or your budget, you plan it out. You talk about uh, the, the time logistics as well. Um, and the, one of the big problems that we see is that there's always one person in the relationship that is in charge of the finances. And there's always one person that is just a little bit more hands-off than the other. Um, yes, and yes. that, and that is okay. In, in our perspective, that's okay. And the, the fact is, is that as long as you have the meetings uh, and, and the hands-off person is supportive and lets what lets the, um, the more in charge person, if you want to call them that, let them know what their needs are and their wants are. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. So somebody is saying, you know what, I don't want to have to do anything with the finances. You take care of it. That's where the problems come from. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, both people have to have their fingerprints all over every decision because exactly. when somebody's making the decisions and then the other person says, well, I want this boat and I'm getting this boat. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I don't care if you didn't, but you got to have your fingerprints on, on, and that's part of being an adult and leaning in and saying, I'm even if, so for example, in my family, um, my wife really does the lion's share of managing the finances, but we still have the monthly and weekly meetings. She still touches back with me and I've got my fingerprints all over every decision. So when something goes away that we don't want it to go, or when we have to make a sacrifice that, that cuts tight, then it doesn't, and it's not her fault. Right. Exactly. And it's not my fault, right? We have our fingerprints all over every decision, right? Now, now in a boot camp, what we tend to do is say, you know, a lot of people say, well, oh, you know, I've got a lot of things, not just finances in my life. So in the boot camp, we create a checklist, a punch list that, that you have, and you can pull out of the drawer every single week so that when you sit down at the kitchen table with your husband or wife or do it yourself, if you're single, you can, instead of trying to think this from scratch and, and in your mind, think, oh, what do I have to cover off on? You can go from the top to the bottom and say, okay, great. Let's check the calendar. Let's review last week. What happened last week? What did I not get done last week that's still going to come into this week? So checking off on your priorities, but also finances. Okay, I have a monthly budget. This is the week two of the month. I should be tracking 50% of the way into my monthly expenditures. Am I over? Am I under? Where am I touching base? Because Tony Robbins says that where attention goes, energy flows. So when we're always touching, when every week, even if it's just for 30 seconds, 
We open mint.com or whatever of our track, whatever's tracking our spending. And we look at what we're spending and we say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm truing up a little bit over. That allows us, that gives us time to make the course correction, whether it's our diet, whether it's our finances, whether it's our productivity and our priorities. When, we're t- when we set a monthly goal and then we touch base, even just for a couple minutes every single week, it allows us to make those small course corrections without coming at the end of the month and saying, oh God, I'm way off base with where I wanted to be on my priority, work, diet, finances. And so instead of handling them separately, like I said, we take an integrated approach and we create one punch list where when you're done with that punch list, you're pretty much done with all of the aspects of your life that really need to be touched base on. That's great. That makes so much sense. Um, so I know yeah, you have a, a meeting coming up here pretty soon, but I just wanted to know what's, what's kind of in the works for you and is there anything new yeah. that's uh, going on or, or, and, and also how can people um, kind of find out more about your program? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things I always like to do, and I think it's our calling card at Life Hack Bootcamp is to just let everybody know that we don't own lifestyle design, right? And nobody does out there. Uh, a lifestyle design is a choice that you make. And sometimes it's when you hit rock bottom and you say, hell no, I'm not going to go down like this. This is not how my life is going to go. And, and you take ownership and say, I have possibilities. I have options, right? And when people do that, and they get in the driver's seat and say, I'm going to redesign my life in a way that actually works for me, then there's a lot of resources out there. And so I just want to send that message to everybody, regardless of how I never see you again, that life's dramatic lifestyle design is totally possible. And that I've seen person after person who has looked me in the eyes and said, Demir, I am trapped. There's no way out. I'm trapped in my finances. I'm trapped in my job. I'm trapped in the city. I'm trapped in this situation. I have seen people make the most dramatic transformations, not just traveling the world and living lifestyles of rich and free, but even smaller transformations where they're spending more time with their family and they get their marriage back and they get their life back and they get their health back, right? And so I just want to send that message out into the world and say, dramatic lifestyle design is absolutely possible. And I've seen it in 50 in people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. I've even seen people switch careers and start new careers in their 70s, right? So I just want to send that message out there. Now, what we do at Lifehack Bootcamp is we take people through a 60-day transformation, not just of their productivity, but of the way that they run the logistics of their life. And so we start from the ground up, making no assumptions about what you know about productivity. And we start with time management, setting goals, getting clarity on and making sure that you're saying no to things and the right to the uh, yes to the right things, all the way into advanced technology trainings for what, what technologies you should be using to get your life in order and get productive and all the ones you should be ignoring. So what we did like to do is, is pick out the two or three tools you should be a pro in and then scrape all the rest out of your life so that you've got less dings and buzzes and beeps distracting you and more of actually pushing the ball forward. So by the end of 60 days, what we do is take 10 years of productivity and we compress it down into a 60-day transformation program where we actually show people how to get into the driver's seat, defeat overwhelm, and get back into creating a life that they actually want to live. And the transformations that we see are absolutely dramatic. So if that's something, if, if somebody's out there and listening to that, they should probably know two things. Um, and just two things. One, we only do four or five of these a year, and the next one's coming up on June 4th. So if that sounds like, hmm, I don't that, that sounds interesting to me, then you should probably go to our, our uh, website, lifehackbootcamp.com, 
And there's actually a, a class that we teach called a masterclass. It's completely free hour long course that you can take no cost to you uh, to get some time management in your life. So what we like to do is if people are sort of leaning towards and get, learning more about us and learning more about this week, instead of us saying, Hey, you have to pay and then you can play. What we do is we take the best of the content out of the bootcamp. We give away the first lesson and say, you know what? Here it is. Take it. If you don't pay, fine. Go have a great life. If you love it and you think this is more of what you want to get, then maybe you want to sign up for the boot camp. Maybe not. Maybe you want to do it later, next year, year after, right? And so I would go direct people to lifehackbootcamp.com forward slash masterclass. That's lifehackbootcamp.com forward slash masterclass. And while you're there, take the free hour-long lesson. Just set aside the time. What I'll promise you is this. If you watch and learn and apply those tools, you'll learn something in that masterclass that's going to show you how to double, triple, or even quadruple your productivity in any given hour when you sit down and decide to get productive. And it's something that you can do without a phone or a computer. It's just actually showing you how to hack your brain to unlock your, your brain's natural capability to get more productive. So everybody, I think everybody in the planet should know that lesson and use those tools. And that's why we like to give it away freely. But there's the occasional person who might say, I love this so much. I want to get in more involved. And if you, if you are interested, you can go to our site, go to the masterclass. And in that same masterclass, you'll learn more about what we do and the June 4th bootcamp. And I'd love to have anybody who wants to transform their life and get, get their life working for them again. That's great. And I think a lot of people that are listening, you know, they, they just want some information specifically about finances, but um, a lot of them feel trapped about finances. But if you feel trapped um, and overwhelmed about finances, there's other parts of your life that are, are suffering because of that, but that can also be um, fixed with just, like you said, just some, some mental hacks and, and some training that's going to work full circle for finances, uh, nutrition, diet, and just living your life to the fullest uh, yeah. with less stress. So that's, I mean, that's great. Imagine what would be possible if you could tackle, when you tackle your productivity, what you're really tackling is avoidance, procrastination, mm-hmm. self-sabotage. And so once you're able to take a program that shows you, in this case, through productivity, how to tackle avoidance, self-sabotage, and procrastination, you can use those same techniques to tackle your finances, your diet, and other, and other amazing things in your life. Frankly, those are the critical things that hamstring all of us from being the people that we can be. That's awesome. Perfect. Well, Damir from lifehackbootcamp.com, thank you for uh, being on the saver and the spender today. It's been awesome. I think I've heard a lot of people's heads kind of exploding a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> just the... Um, the information and even just in, in what, 45 minutes or so we've been talking, just kind of getting people's uh, wheels spinning in their heads about what they can change with just a couple simple things. So uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for everybody for listening and we'll talk to you later. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Saver and The Spender. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, www.fiscalfitnessaz.com, to your family, friends, and colleagues. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at IamFiscallyFit, and on Facebook at FiscalFitnessPHX. Join us next time for another edition of The Saver and The Spender.